When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But we did get the trip in, had a great time with yes. Bob and Sue. And, and I think we can answer the question, is it a good park to visit in the fall? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Now, was the fall foliage amazing? We don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> because we were there a little early. The Dear Bob and Sue podcast, stories from our journey to all the U.S. national parks and other amazing public lands. I'm Karen Smith. And I'm Matt Smith. We're the authors of the Dear Bob and Sue series of books. Autumn is fast approaching, and if you're wondering what national parks are great to visit in the fall, we have some suggestions for you. Last year, we did an episode titled, The Best National Parks to Visit in Each Season. And in this bonus episode, we're featuring the autumn portion of that, with a few added updates. From Acadia National Park in the northeast to Guadalupe Mountains National Park in the southwest, there are a lot of amazing parks to visit in the fall. We share our favorites coming up next. like that energy such a great energy it you could be that? it could be the matt <laughs> it could be the matt smith podcast when you first started talking the i'm um, matt smith portion of that you sounded like like a voice actor very professional like maybe you do this for a living if you know i kind of do yeah i have a podcast did you know <laughs> Usually. I have a co-host that does a lot of inappropriate <laughs> laughing, laughing at times where it just doesn't make any sense. It's very confusing for me. Uh, uh, I think we should play that again. Let's hear that again. We're the authors of the Dear Bob and Sue series of books. Autumn is fast approaching. And if you're wondering what national parks are great to visit in the fall, we have some suggestions for you. Great. All right, Matt. That was fantastic. Way to go. Thank you. Do we, is, is, are we done? I yeah. know. Do we have anything to talk about today? No, This that's why we're taking <laughs> a segment out of an old episode. We're just slapping a cover on and we're going. We've, we've hit that stage we have. of the podcast. We have. We're at the end of summer. However, that's only because we're gearing up for something really big this fall. Some really big episodes, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's what we're doing. All right. What would you like to talk about? So today we're talking about fall trips in the national parks. So many great places to go. It's actually hard to decide where to go. 
Yeah, this is this is a great time of year. We called it in our Dear Bob and Sue book, Walkers and Strollers season. That's right. And the walkers meaning old people like us, retired people. Uh, and of course, strollers means little children under the age of five who aren't in school yet. So that's pretty much that makes up the majority of the travelers in the fall. Yeah, we're in the walkers category. Maybe, maybe we'd be in the stroller category someday. <laughs> I'd, I'd like you to push me in a stroller. Could you? You kind of are in the stroller category. <laughs> You're just too big for one. <laughs> stroller as in just no. strolling along? No. Mentally, you're in the stroller category. Oh, thank, Physically, thank, thank they don't you. make one big enough. All right. <laughs> Need a little attitude adjustment here. We are recording. I've turned the recorder on. All right. But we are planning a trip to the Southwest in October. I think we mentioned before we're going to do Rim to Rim at the Grand Canyon. You know, that has been in the planning stages for over 13 months because that's how far you have to apply for the lottery for Phantom Ranch. So we've known about this for a long time. And then we were able to make our hotel reservations for the lodge at the North Rim and for one of the hotels at the South Rim a long time ago. Yeah, we need to get this rim to rim trip in. Phantom Ranch is struggling. They have cut back the number of guests they can accommodate. They've got, I can think they have water issues and sewage issues and and they've got a big renovation coming up so yeah they, they are limping along we need to get this rim to rim trip in yes i think they're going to be closed for a while in 2023 i noticed that they are not taking any lottery applications currently because apparently there's going to be a big construction project going on i think starting in the spring so i think we squeaked in we, we, just, we squeaked we in squeaked well we in. haven't squeaked in yet hopefully we'll get there and everything Things fine and we get to do that trip but yeah then the drive down the drive home we gotta plan all of that what we're gonna do get the bucket out dump the bucket <laughs> out what we do is we take the bucket we dump it out on our kitchen table sort through all the scraps of paper that you have in there i still have a lot of things left in my bucket as far as Utah is concerned. So we're pulling a few things out. And one thing I wanted to mention that we're going to do is we're going to see one of the more remote sections of Canyonlands National Park. And that district is called Horseshoe Canyon. That's where um, a incredible petroglyph panel is. So we're going to head out that way and check that out. Because then when we get back, we want to do uh, a podcast episode about Canyonlands, about the different districts and things. So we we will have been to three out of the four districts at that point. Yeah, that national park, Canyonlands, is spread out all over the place. So last night, we sat down for a planning session during our happy hour here. <laughs> it always helps when you have a beer or a gin and tonic. I think that the travel planning goes a little more smoothly. And did we finish our travel planning? Well, not exactly. We, we didn't. No, we, <laughs> because well, we, have to, we, we have to plan quickly because halfway through the gin and tonic, then we get distracted with other things. <laughs> you know, one of the things is, I think, as most people can relate to when they drive, the end is open-ended. So we're never quite sure when we should wrap it up and be done and drive home. Or, oh, we could add on one more day. Oh, we could drive back this way and see this place. So that's our problem is actually wrapping up and figuring what's the end and when we're going home. Well, and we know that if we get into day 13, 14, 15, that, that's a long road trip, especially if you're driving the, the whole time. So you don't want to add just 
just okay stuff at the end. You really have to be motivated to do the stuff towards the end of the trip. Yeah, because, you know, after two weeks, the alarm goes off and we just want to go home. I thought you were going to say the honeymoon is over. (laughs) Day seven. (laughs) Day seven, it's over. Okay. Got it. Good Good to be clear on that. So last night, what we did, this is what we typically do. Like I said, we had the first part all planned out with the rim to rim and Grand Canyon, but then we want to go up into Utah. So Matt made a spreadsheet, right? Matt, and what did you list out every single day? Well, on my spreadsheet, Mm -hmm. since you asked, Mm -hmm. I have the day of the week in one column, Mm -hmm. and then the date, and then I have the two most important columns, sleep. Where do you sleep? What town we're going to sleep in? And then the activity of that day. I mean, one of the things you have to figure out is how much driving that you're going to have in a day. Because you got to really pay attention to this. Because if you're just thinking without a spreadsheet, you know, you, you could end up driving seven, eight, nine hours in a day, even though you're not going very far because of the way the roads are. Anyway, you don't, you don't want to wear yourself out driving. Right. All day long. Right. For instance, we're going to be spending a night or two in Page, and we were looking at going to Torrey, Utah from there. And it was, what, five hours or so, a five-hour drive? Um, so you factor that in, plus we wanted to do a hike that afternoon, and could we get to the trailhead in time and get back to the hotel? So it is a lot of we're, – we're both on our maps. I have my phone map, and Matt's on his uh, laptop – And we're looking at driving distances and also lodging that's available. And it's just kind of like fitting pieces into a puzzle. On the laptop, all the roads look the same. But some of them are dirt roads. Some of them are uh, remote areas. Uh, You got to watch, you know, where was the last place you could get gas, things like that. So it, it takes a little a little time to to plan it out. But uh, we're almost there. When you're planning trips to Utah, one of the problems is there are so many amazing places and so many scenic drives that it's tough to decide where to go and which way to get there. We're struggling a little bit with what else do we want to see and and how do we want to get there. But we have about, what, 75% of it dialed in at this point. Getting close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to decide the last few days. Anyway, yeah. we understand the challenge people have with planning a fall trip. It's an abundance of options, right? And it's hard to make choices. So anyway, this this episode is about some of the things you, you want to think about when you are planning a trip to the national parks in the fall. That's right. Now, we recorded the original episode in September of 2021. And so it was episode number 50. And we are pulling the clip from that that talks about the autumn season and, and parks that we really liked. Now, one thing we wanted to mention is in that clip, when we talked about New River Gorge in West Virginia, we mentioned that would be a, a good park to visit in the fall because of the fall foliage, but we hadn't yet visited the park. Uh, the trip that we had planned out there with Bob and Sue was a few weeks after we recorded that episode. But we did get the trip in, had a great time with yes. Bob and Sue, and and I think we can answer the question, is it a good park to visit in the fall? Is a- absolutely yes. Absolutely yeah. yes. Now, was the fall foliage amazing? We don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> because we were there a little early, and, and this changes year by year, right? The fall colors don't come out. Does everyone in the world know this except me? The fall colors don't come out the same exact days every year. So I think we had a 
It was a late year for us. Yeah, so we were there from October 13th to the 16th. And by all accounts, everything that we had read, this should have been the peak fall color there. But the leaves were barely starting to change, like 5% (laughs) color. Uh, And the locals did tell us that this was unusually late. Yeah, but um, that kind of worked in our favor in terms of crowds. Yes. And, and I, mm-hmm. I thought the park was great. I mean, there was some fall color. I, I thought it was good because there weren't really that many people there. And so uh, in terms of getting to places and finding tables at the breweries, which <laughs> is a key factor to consider. Not a lot of leaf peepers out there yet. Now, there are websites that you can look at. You just Google fall foliage predictor map. 2022. When I looked, there were tons of websites out there. So if you're interested in knowing ahead of time, you know, if you can plan last minute, then check out some of those maps and see where the peak fall color is happening. Yeah, but back to New River Gorge. We did a whole episode on that visit, the three perfect days in New River Gorge back in episode 56. So if you want more information or the the detailed version, go listen to that episode. Yeah, we talked about all the things we did there. And also, we want to stress to anybody who is visiting for the first time, be sure to check out all the other great public lands that surround New River Gorge National Park. For instance, there's Babcock and Hawks Nest State Parks. And there's also Golly River National Recreation Area, just a lot of places to explore beyond the National Park, especially in the fall when those fall colors are popping right we in episode 56 we talk about going to babcock and that was they have the grist mill there which is (laughs) a very picturesque site uh it does get a little crowded i thought that was definitely worth uh the side trip to go see oh for sure now you'll also hear us mention bridge day which was supposed to have been on october 16th last year that was the day we were leaving the park but it was canceled just two weeks before the event due to uh due to covid related concerns yeah, typically Briggs Day is the third Saturday in October, and, and thousands of people gather there. They close part of the Briggs so people can walk out on the Briggs. They have base jumpers. They've got repellers. Uh, it's, it's quite a festival. It is quite a festival. This year, it's scheduled for October 15th. If you're interested, maybe the fall colors will be out then. But Matt, I have a question for you. Okay, Karen. <laughs> I, I love when you ask me questions <laughs> that I don't know about while we're recording. So you talk about wanting to avoid the Bridge Day Festival because of the crowds and, you know, you don't yes, like Yes, I do crowds. remember this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you always seem very interested in going to the Custer State Park Bison Roundup and also the Terlingua Chili Cook-Off near Big Bend in Texas. Those are both big festivals, too. So what's the deal with that? Well, first of all, Karen, I'd like to thank you for uh, inviting me to be a guest on your podcast. I've, <laughs> I've, listened, to, I've listened to your podcast for years. I've, I've always wanted to be here. So thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> your question, what is the deal? Was That was the question? Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, okay, okay, first of all, Terlingua, it's a chili cook-off. Like, I don't care how many people are there. It's chili cook-off. I'm going to go to a chili cook-off if I have the opportunity. So it's food. Well, it's chili. I mean, it's like (laughs) if it was vegan festival. No, we're not. (laughs) What if it was cinnamon roll festival? I would do that, too. Sign me up for that. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Do you have any follow-up questions? Yes. And then, no, the bison bison roundup. I mean, we've never done the roundup part of a bison roundup we've done the auction part at antelope uh, state park in in utah 
but just wouldn't you like to see horseback riders bringing in the herd? Oh, I would. Yes. I also don't really mind festivals and crowds and the and the crafts and all the cute things you can buy. I'm down for all that. I know. And, and one thing you do to trick me into going to festivals is you always say there's a pancake feed. <laughs> Even though there isn't. You're, you're talking about last Saturday, aren't you? At yeah. The, at the Macaw Days. In the Abbey. I did tell you that there would be, and there was not. But yeah. you grazed on a giant bag of mini donuts, and you looked pretty happy. So. That was a consolation prize. <laughs> <laughs> it was a consolation prize. Because I didn't get my pigs in a blanket with <laughs> real maple syrup, but but we digress. So what was the question? I think you answered, you cherry pick the festivals. If it has bison or food, you're good. As everyone it, does. Everyone cherry picks what they want to do in life, Karen. That's, yeah, it's, I, <laughs> I guess that's true. All right. So one last thing we wanted to mention. Remember that when you're doing your fall planning, if you're traveling to any parks that have higher elevations, don't forget that the fall season is very short in those parks. And and by mid-October, it could be snowing. So it might be a little different than than you had pictured. Oh, yeah. It could be very different. We've run into snow uh, in September even, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, be alert as to the weather and the changing conditions. So here are our fall suggestions. Let me just clip this section out of the the episode 50. Do you need a scissors? Just about got it. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Here. (laughs) Here we go. I'm going to play it right now. Ready, go, go. (laughs) All right. It is time to move on to fall. So once again, on our fall list, I have all five Utah parks because fall is just a great time to visit those. I don't think we need to go into it anymore. No, Southern Utah is a a great place to visit, I think, all year round. But uh, Mm -hmm. spring and, and fall are fantastic there. That's right. But if you want fall colors... We could go east, up to the northeast. You got Acadia, you got Shenandoah, and and further south, you got the Great Smoky Mountains. Fantastic color watching parks. Exactly. Leaf, leaf peeping. Leaf peeping, fall foliage, whatever you want to call it. Great parks for the fall because not only do you have that, but but you have cooler temperatures for hiking. Now, the downside is this is a popular time to go, so you'll want to make your travel plans early. All three of these parks have scenic drives and great hiking trails. And another fall park that we have on our list is Cuyahoga Valley. Now, we uh, we probably could have planned our trip to Cuyahoga Valley National Park better. We went early July when it was super hot. So I think fall would be a better time to go. Well, definitely. So Cuyahoga Valley is in Ohio, just south of Cleveland. And when we went, we had been visiting our friends Bob and Sue in Michigan because their daughter was getting married over a weekend. And we drove from there to Cuyahoga Valley. And our our plan was to visit it on Monday and Tuesday. But this was one of the first parks that we ever visited during our tour. And a lot of rookie mistakes. A lot of rookie mistakes. We did not research. We did not plan like we should have. And much to my disappointment, the one thing I wanted to do in the park was to ride the Cuyahoga Valley Scenic Railroad. And guess what? They don't run the train on Mondays and Tuesdays. People train don't run on Mondays. So <laughs> I was we missed so, that. I was so disappointed. That's the that is the only thing I wanted to do in the park. It's, and it's been eleven years since that disappointment and you're still <laughs> speaking about it. 
I'm still, I, I hear about this often. I know. I can't get over it. Yeah. I'm still not over it. Yeah. Also, the other reason that, that this park is great to visit in the fall is because this scenic railroad offers what they call ales on rails, which is where you get to drink beer yeah, on the train. And that's what I wanted to do. That's the only thing I wanted to do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they have a specific one that's Oktoberfest. And for all of you wine drinkers out there, they have a, a special train event called Grape Escape, and that's where you do wine tasting on the train. So we are definitely going back, and we're gonna we're gonna do some of those uh, some of those train events. Yeah, we'll plan that for the fall. Maybe not this fall, but mm-hmm. but a fall definitely. But another national park, Guadalupe Mountains uh, in Texas, in West Texas. We've been there a couple times, but we went there in the fall on our, on our first visit and. I thought that that was a great time because the temps were a little bit cooler, but also we hiked in McKittrick Canyon and the colors were great. Yeah, incredibly beautiful fall colors, which we weren't expecting in this desert environment in Texas of Guadalupe Mountains. You know, it's a very, um, very rocky, deserty looking park. But all of a sudden we go back in this canyon and there are reds and oranges and yellows. And it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, that was a beautiful place. Mm -hmm. And not too far away from Guadalupe Mountains is White Sands in southern New Mexico. And that that would also be a great fall park to visit. That's right. The summer is brutally hot. The springtime, a lot of people do go in the spring. Spring can be windy. I think your optimal time to go to White Sands, especially if you want to hike on those dunes, is the fall. Well, moving back towards the center of the country, Teddy Roosevelt National Park in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. We've been there in the spring. We've been there in the fall. It, fall's a great time. One reason is there, there's no ticks in the fall, I was just like, say, like there is in the spring. Thing. So we had a bad tick we, we incident a, yeah, in, it, when we were there in April. In, in April, and they're all uh, the, the summer heat kills off the ticks. So by fall, it's a it's a beautiful place, and and there also you'll you'll see incredible fall colors. Right, and it just seems like a fall park, right? You go on that Darling Scenic Road, and the bison are out, and you know the leaves are starting to change colors. I don't know. It seems to me like the perfect place. To to go in the fall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I and I see on our notes here you also have a repeat. You have Badlands National Park <laughs> in South Dakota as a fall park. That's right. It's showing up twice. Badlands, yeah. I, what can I say? It's great in the spring and the fall. So I cheated. I put it on twice. Yeah. Yeah. Now what about Yellowstone? Yellowstone's a good fall park to visit. Mm-hmm. It is because the crowds are so much less. Most people go in the summertime. Um, if you can wait till the fall, you don't have as many traffic jams, you have fewer people, and you still have, uh, you can still access the entire park. So I think fall is a great time to go. Yeah. I, I like Yellowstone at any time of the year, but just word of caution, even in the fall, like you could get snow. You, sure. you get mm-hmm. snow any month sure. in, in Yellowstone. So mm-hmm. uh, know that that's a possibility. But yeah, Fall's a great time to visit Yellowstone. Now, Big Bend, as we mentioned before, that that was in our spring list as well. But if you had to choose, I would choose fall because... (laughs) (laughs) The first weekend of November, usually, you have to check the Mm -hmm. website, in the little town of Terlingua, right west of the park, they have the Terlingua International Chili Championship. That's right. And we missed it by a week, but that would be great to visit while while you're visiting the park, go to the chili contest. Yeah, that's in the bucket. 
Moving northwest to Nevada, the only national park in Nevada is Great Basin National Park. That is on our early fall list because this park surprisingly has some great fall foliage as well. We went at the end of September and it was beautiful, remember? It it was beautiful because what we wanted to do, the two things we wanted to do in that park were to hike to the only glacier in the state of Nevada, which is up at the end of the park road. And also to see the bristlecone pine trees. And so there was a trail up there that we took. We, we were able to see both of those. And as you drive up in elevation from the visitor center up, you essentially drive through the seasons. Right. And so the aspen trees were turning and it was gold, a- a- absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Those aspen trees, the leaves were gold. It was stunning to see those white trunks and the gold leaves. Absolutely beautiful. And, and the day was warm and sunny. So I think fall is a great time to go. Now, this next park we have not been to yet, New River Gorge in the great state of West Virginia, the newest national park, number 63. And we do have a trip planned there fairly soon. Mm -hmm. We're going to go see this in the fall, and uh, we would imagine, haven't been there yet, but the fall foliage is fantastic. They also have a festival. Are we going to be there during the festival, the Bridge Day? Well, we are, but I think we're leaving that day because we didn't realize that the crowds are going to be coming in. We kind of, our thing is to kind of miss crowds anyway. (laughs) Right. right. Uh, But they have Bridge Day in the, usually in the middle of October, which is a great festival. So apparently there are hundreds of base jumpers who come from all over to legally base jump 876 feet off the New River Gorge Bridge into the gorge below. It's also the only day that you can walk across the bridge. It's a big festival. Um, Thousands and thousands flock to that. We won't be doing that. Nope, no, we won't be jumping off the bridge or flocking to the festival. (laughs) No, no, but we'll we'll see the park, have a great visit, and then leave before the masses of of visitors show up. That's right. But I'm excited to to see the 63rd National Park and check that that off the list. That'll be fun. Mm Mm-hmm. One more, one more on our fall park list, which is Petrified Forest in Arizona, kind of northeastern Arizona. We've only visited that park once, and I really enjoyed our visit. I did too. You could visit Petrified Forest in many different seasons, but in the fall, you have less people, you have less precipitation, and you have milder temperatures. So I think the fall is ideal to visit Petrified Forest. So that's our fall list. Mm -hmm. Yet, even though we've covered all four seasons, the list (laughs) isn't done yet, is it, Karen? It's not. We have a few that really are year-round parks. So let's just talk about, there's a few on the list, Redwood National Park in Northern California. We have been there in January and April and September, and we've hiked all of those months. Yeah, and I don't, I don't remember the difference between any no, of those. It's, no. they, they all seem the same. So you, I think you're right. Northern California there yeah. up against the coast. It's very mild. It seemed like every time we're there, it's in the 50s and 60s and kind of misty and um, just a very temperate climate. Um, and any time is good to see those giant trees. Right. Um, so that's on our year-round list. Also, One of our favorites in our home state is Olympic National Park. And not because it's the same all year round. It's different in the different seasons. And there are so many things to do Mm -hmm. in each season. Hurricane Ridge, which uh, is at the top of the park, there's a road that goes up there. And we've been up there both in the summertime and the winter. The winter is fantastic snowshoeing. 
Oh my gosh, they get a lot of snow up there. It's absolutely beautiful. And then you can go all the way down to the coast, which is fairly mild all year round, although you get a lot of storms that come in. And then, of course, there are two rainforests in Olympic. There's the Ho and the Quinault. Those are kind of temperate all year round. So we go to Olympic all the time. Yeah, I'd like to go sometime and storm watch, maybe at like Claylock Lodge there on the coast and watch the storms roll in. Yeah, so that's that's a great all year round park. Another all year round park is Hot Springs National Park in Arkansas. And when we went there, we visited the bathhouses and the bathhouses are open all year round. So it's an inside thing. Right. And they also have the only brewery that's inside a national park. And I'm a little disappointed here because... It wasn't open when we were there. I think it was just in the planning stages. So 11 years later, I'm still... Still haven't gotten over that one yet. No, I I haven't. (laughs) See how I feel about the train? Yeah. Yeah, It kind of hurts, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Some of those mistakes we made on our early visits to the park, we need to erase by going back. So yeah, yeah, a brewery in a national park. I know. What what could be better? Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. Well, except possibly the Grand Canyon. Maybe the Grand Canyon's better. And you've got this in our year-round park list, the Grand Canyon. Yeah, because we have been there year-round. Now, July and August are the hottest, the rainiest, and the busiest. And of course, it can snow in the winter. I'd love to see it with snow on it. Yeah, I, I would too. I would agree. The the view of the canyon, especially from the south rim, it would be spectacular in the snow. That's right. Now, just a note, if you also wanted to visit the north rim, which which is the least visited part of the park, the north rim is closed in the winter. Um, The high season for north rim is May 15th through October 15th when the lodge is open and the road is open. And it can be snowier there because it's it's a thousand feet higher in elevation than the south rim. So that's why it's closed. And so that's it for our park. (laughs) But Matt, (laughs) there's something we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite, I saved it for last. (laughs) All year round, you could go to caves, Karen. Did you know that? uh The three National Park Caves. So very briefly, let's talk about first my favorite, Carlsbad Caverns, which is in New Mexico. So here's the thing. All of these caves, the three National Park caves, are the same temperature inside the cave all year round. They are between 54 and 56 degrees. So it really doesn't matter what time of year you visit the park, unless you want to see some other parks that are close by. And that's when you're going to have to look at the schedule. Right. Word of warning, when it's 100 degrees outside, it is still 54 to 56 in the cave. So bring a jacket if, yeah. if you're going there in the yeah. middle of, of the summer. So I'm going to say, though, I'm going to say fall is the best time to visit Carlsbad because you're going to want to add on Guadalupe Mountains National Park. It's, what, an hour away? I mean, you wouldn't go all the way there without seeing both of them. And as we said, fall is the best time for Guadalupe Mountains. So I'm just going to go ahead and recommend fall for Carlsbad. Yeah, just one note on that, though. The bats, if you want to see the bat flight, program the bats leave carlsbad and migrate south sometime mid-october and they don't really know mm-hmm. the exact date so yeah, that's uh, a good j- just just so you know if you want to see that uh and you're going in october the bats could could be gone now you have wind cave in south dakota and i put on wind cave summer and fall because 
you're going to want to visit all the other park units that are close by. Right, right. It's the whole Black Hills, Badlands area is is fantastic. So many things to do. If you're going to go to Wind Cave, you're going to go to a lot of the other places to visit in the Black Hills area. Definitely. And the third cave is Mammoth Cave in Kentucky. It's busy in the summer. And so really, you know, you could go there in the winter where where the crowds are less. And when you're in the cave, it's going to be the same temperature. So if you want to avoid the crowds, maybe that's the time to go. Exactly. Now, there are some trails to hike in Mammoth. So if you also want to hike, then spring and fall are the best. But really, Mammoth is another year-round, year-round park. Right. Thanks for tuning into this bonus episode. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, and we'll have all the details about how to join our Patreon account to be a subscriber to our Patreon account where you can get bonus content each month. Oh, that great bonus content. That bonus content. <laughs> we should make some bonus content. We like should we, probably we get, should on, get that. on that. <laughs> <laughs> that old bonus content. Yeah. And thank you, thank you to all of you who've left us reviews on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. There have been quite a few over the last six months. We read them and we appreciate them so much. So thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, Also, if you'd like to see photos and videos of places we've been recently, check out our Instagram account at Matt and Karen Smith. And we have finally joined TikTok. Yeah. Same username as a lot of our uh, social accounts, Matt and Karen Smith. Mm -hmm. So join us there. But it doesn't mean that we're going to start doing dance videos. We're not... We're not, because I thought that's why we joined. I'm not doing <laughs> dance videos, oh, come on. although I'm a pretty good dancer. You're a really good yeah. dancer. Come on, it might, it might get us some new followers. Let's try it. Right now? <laughs> <This> is... <laughs> All right, stay tuned for the dance videos. <laughs>